This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117, and you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show, episode 564. Q4 is officially on. It's October 5th, 2022. I'm Ryan McCaffrey here in the IGN San Francisco studio and joined on the opposite end of the panel, also in the San Francisco studio. Actually, we're physically closer than it even looks on the screen. Miranda Sanchez, hello. Hi, hello. <laughs> Good to see Happy you. Happy October. Oh yeah, there, there yeah. we are. We Spooky have... season. Yeah, I'm so happy. It's, it's that it's time. Good time. It's I still haven't decorated somehow. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, where's uh, you got to bring in your your skeleton? Lo- I could bring Lorelai in. There you go. That'd be that's, fun. That's who we can get here in the in the third chair. If, if Next Stella, guest. yeah, if, if we need any uh, need any fill-ins. Destin Legary from Los Angeles. Hello. Hi, everybody. Good to see you. And live from London, making his return to Podcast Unlocked, our friend MC Fixer from the My Xbox and Me podcast. Hello, my friend. Hello, thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm definitely in London. Definitely here. I can prove it. <laughs> <laughs> we believe you. Yeah, we believe you. But through the power of the internet, we are all together here on one show. It is IGN's weekly Xbox show. A fixer, give us a quick update on your life on my Xbox and me. How are things going? What are you up to? Yeah, I'm really well. I'm uh, yeah, still doing my Xbox and Me podcast every week. Still not missed a week, which is the hardest thing ever, as you guys know. I know you take a break for Christmas. I envy you guys. I wish I could do the same thing, but apparently not. Uh, I, had, I let the guys uh, co-host the show on their own for the first time. I went on holiday for my 30th, and I let them do it without me. That was very hard for me to let go of, my baby. But yeah, my Xbox and Me is doing really well, and we're just uh, grinding away. So yeah, it's, it's great to be back, though. Thank you for having me. Love hearing that and love having you back. Uh, quick PSA, High on Life, one of Xbox's big Q4 exclusives that's coming out in December. That's our IGN First game for October. So if you by now you probably know IGN First is kind of our, our internet website version of a magazine cover story, which has been going on for a while. So what that means is we will have exclusives all month long. We started with a 12-minute gameplay video that uh, I did a commentary with two of the two of the leads on that game. I've got an interview with Justin Roiland coming up. There's going to be uh, more gameplay. Lots lots to do this month with that game. So if you are looking forward to that, keep your eyes glued every week to IGN, which I hope you're doing anyway. Hey, some quick housekeeping before we dive into the rest of the show proper. Our IGN Prime program, you may remember that if you've been on IGN for a while. Well, it has been revamped, reborn, risen from the ashes like a phoenix. Go to IGN.com rewards. It's free to sign up. And for that, just the free tier, you've got 20 plus perks and discounts that you're actually going to care about, I promise you. There's discounts on Dream Gear, Power A, Humble Bundle, the IGN Store as well. Plus an opportunity to win one of five IGN DX Racer gaming chairs. New stuff popping up there every week. Then, if you do want to throw us a few bucks, help keep the lights on on this podcast, you can become an IGN Plus subscriber. And for that, you will get... 
free games and in-game content, including Kingdom. You will get a free Map Genie Plus subscription. That's going to help you keep track of everything you're doing in the 7,000 big open world games that are all over the place now. Uh, you're also going to get a discount price if you sign up here in this launch window. The launch promotion price for IGN Plus, just 30 bucks a year. That's $2.50 a month. That's a limited time, so don't miss that. Thank you very much. But Destin, uh, a game, another game, big game we're playing, and there's coverage on the site right now from Mitchell, but you were, you were there, you played it yourself. Gotham Knights, we finally got our hands yeah. on with this one. Wanted to throw to you to get your thoughts on it, because, you know, Mitchell's preview, as always, is excellent. It's, it's very even-handed. He, uh, he did not love it. He likes it, but he has mm -hmm. some concerns. I wanted to hear from you on, on your thoughts after a few hours with it. We both talked after the after the session and we're like, this is very different. It's not quite what we expected from what is sort of the next in the Arkham series, right? Uh, countering is different. The way that uh, combat works, just it just feels not quite as tight as uh, Arkham did. And I think that's what really threw me off. There are, uh, as Mitchell's showing here in his preview, uh, these little icons that appear above people's weapons that tell you when you can dodge, but mm. the counter system has changed, and I don't like it. Mm. <laughs> well, it's a different team, too. That's worth saying yeah. as well. It's not yeah, the it's, ones who it's, did. It's the uh, Arkham Origins, Origins team from WB Montreal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Origins kept the heart of the combat system from Arkham Asylum and Arkham City at that time. I actually, ironically enough, pretty... I just did a bunch of capture okay. from, from the game. But it still uh, felt different though like i would say yeah whenever i played yeah, it I played both of them like i played the trilogy and then i was like all right i guess we'll play origins and i was yeah. like this feels definitely a little bit different but i think your your notes especially on like the icons and stuff are interesting as well yeah so there's like piercing attacks and there's all these different things you have to sort of learn mm -hmm. and at a preview event it's really hard to sink your teeth into those aspects of a game especially when they're like okay, well, here's a story mission, and then we're going to throw you a little bit further in, and hopefully you learn how to do everything, because uh, <laughs> uh, you're going to have to know now. And uh, my son's at the door, if you can hear him. He wants to play. <laughs> he wants to play some Gotham Knights. But, um, yeah, so I was not doing great. And uh, one thing I did enjoy, though, instead of being all negative, was I really liked the co-op aspect of it. Mitchell and I were playing together, and both of us are sort of like, we like uh, planning out our attacks and then executing at the same time. So it's like, all right, you ready? Yep, yep, three, two, one, hit. And we execute like stealth takedowns at the same time. And uh, that sort of aspect was really fun. Um, uh, I like playing with people like like that who are like, all right, we're actually like Batman characters. Let's do the stealth takedowns and try and be perfect with our combat. So uh, that aspect I, I did enjoy. Uh, we also got to fight Harley Quinn for the boss battle at the very end, which was, it was fine. But again, I was, I was suffering from that. I felt like I was thrown too far in a game without having the, the base uh, learning aspects delivered to a point where I felt comfortable with the combat. I love the combat in the Arkham series. So because this was such a departure, I, I really want to get back in there and 
learn how to perfect it because it's one of my favorite uh, series of all time. I was going to say uh, really quickly with the Arkham series, it felt like there was, as you said, a lot of learning, like learning those combos, like how to take away weapons. I always forgot that because I streamed it week to week. And even that, I was like, man, you got to like write these notes down on how to do these things. But that's cool, right? Because it is have it has more depth to its combat system. And I really like that about it. So your notes actually saying, oh, I felt like out of my depth, like I didn't know what I was doing. That's actually good to hear a bit because that means mm -hmm. that there is stuff like that's that to true. learn and adapt to and kind of mold into your own play style. And I did see all the skill trees and stuff as well. So I, that's good. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of meat there, but mm -hmm. if you're going in expecting Arkham Knight or Arkham Asylum, it's going to be different. Yeah. Not too much, but different enough that I don't think you can just... Uh, go into it and really get into the meat yeah. of the skills. Well, that's not inherently a bad thing, though. This it's not a Batman Arkham game. Yeah. It's it's in mm. that universe. It should feel different. But I, I still, at the other point, the other hand, I get what you're saying. Fixer, what how have, what's your vibe been on this game? Because it's you know it was announced a while ago. We've been seeing a lot of gameplay over time. We did a whole month on it. That was our IGN first for August. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's now that I'm, getting to play. It's a whole I'm different pumped. animal. Yeah. I'm pumped for it. I'm really looking forward to it. The big thing we spoke about on my Xbox and me was co-op. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's it's the most exciting feature for me. Did you get to really separate in the world, Destin, from in co-op? Because I've spoken about kind of how you're untethered and how you are two separate superheroes that are in the same space. And we were talking about how like we kind of think that's like, for me anyway, that's like where I really want to be able to like, all right, you're in my world, I'm in your world, whatever. We're both going off doing our own things. And then we sort of just come come amongst each other like, hey, oh, it's you. All right, let's take down these bad guys. Did you get that feel at all? Or was it very much you were tethered to each other? Well, you would have to like invite your buddy into your world. So yeah, organically, course. you're kind of going to be near each other unless you decide, yeah. okay, I'm going to go do stuff way over there. We didn't actually push it to its limits. That would have been smart to do. Uh, we should have done that. Yeah, Destin. But well, I'm we just... were in a mission. We were able to get fairly far apart. Like, like I was on top of a roof on a skyscraper, and and uh, Mitchell was down on the ground. But we didn't push it like you and I did, Ryan, when with we Halo. tried it with Halo yeah. Infinite. Um, so yeah, I think if you're going to be joining your friend, you're probably going to be doing missions and objective-based things together, as opposed to just oh, running yeah. around in their world uh, yeah. at this at as they play through the game. Yeah, it, okay. it does. Yeah, I'm I'm still super excited though. I mean, it's it's arguably the biggest multi-platform game not named Call of Duty of the fall, right? I, mean, <laughs> I was like, that, uh... because you know, we we know what the sales charts are going to look like on, on January first, but yeah, outside of Modern Warfare Two, I mean, this is probably the biggest game, and the traffic it's... on IGN has reflected that. Like, people are excited for this game. There's no it's question a superhero. About that. Sorry, Ryan. No, go ahead. It's a superhero game. I'm going to play it. I play like every superhero game. I love comics. I love superhero stuff. Even uh, better. This... It's Batman. Yeah. Bat yeah. fam. It's, it's Bat like fam. Yeah, it's like, Bat oh, it's like Batman, but technically Batman's not there, but, you know, mm -hmm. in the vein. So. Yeah, I, uh, I, one thing I think that's, you were kind of talking around this a little bit, Destin, that's important to, to note, although, again, I would really love for people to go watch Mitchell's preview or read it on IGN.com, is, you know, Destin, you were saying how you were kind of skipped around, fast-forwarded, and and it, it, this game really seems like, at least the, how what Mitchell conveyed in his preview, is that you really do kind of need to 
build your character in your yeah. style and and really go through that uh it's a process you know it's rather than just like well here's a quick build jump in and go <laughs> that you know then you're not as connected to that character you're not as comfortable yeah. with that character so that's that was one you know it's a preview event's always tough because mm -hmm. a, a publisher or a developer both they want to show you they want to put their best foot forward and they want to impress you because they're the coverage that's going to come out of that is gonna well ultimately the cyclical cynical business thing is they're looking to for people to pre-order the game that's what they want they want to get those pre-order numbers up and so they they want to show you the best part of the game but you know how you do that differs from game to game mm -hmm. some games it's just all right well play the first hour and then we're confident that first hour is going to hook you and and people are going to like that though the coverage will be positive but sometimes like a game like this where there is a lot of depth there's the co-op it's you know they, they have to make a decision on how are we going to show this off and it sounds to me Destin, from that that maybe you know it the ideal version of this preview event would have been a longer one where you could have maybe yeah. started from the beginning and played for four hours instead of two skipping around. Absolutely. We're really close to launch. So I'm kind of surprised it wasn't like a full-blown preview event yeah. where you go in and you play as long as you want. It was like two hours of total gameplay about for Mitchell and myself. So you go in, you go through the intro, uh, just the, the bare bones basics, and then they jump you onto a character it has a lot of gear, has a lot of uh, stuff installed on his his character, and uh, you don't really get to dive into that. So then you go into that section, then you jump even further forward, and now you have mods that are making like everybody burst into electricity, <laughs> and all this crazy stuff is happening. And you're like, well, I actually want to learn more about why that's happening. What mod did they get? How does the mod system work? Um, uh, what other crazy builds can I I make? And for me, I like to take my time and really dive into those. So the, Mitchell, Mitchell laid it out in a really great way. He said, this is a very tough game to preview. And I completely agree with that because for me, I just want to get in there, play a character, and learn that character. Uh, but when you're trying to do that with four different characters in a two-hour time window, it's, it's tough. Well, it is out in just over two weeks. It's October mm -hmm. 21st, so... We'll have the review soon. And remember, it's, yeah, they, they dropped the old-gen versions. This is this is Xbox Series S and X only, alongside, of course, PS5 and PC. So uh, we'll find out soon how it, how it ultimately turns out. Can't wait. Moving on here, our big topic, probably the biggest story in the games industry thus far this week here as we record on Wednesday, CD Projekt Red coming right out and just announcing their roadmap, which we do not see happen very often uh, in, the, in the games industry. They're just, they just said, here's the, the foreseeable future roadmap, which I'm sure this is, this is a minimum of a 10-year roadmap. Now, that's me saying that. That's not them saying that. But see if you agree with me as we go through this. So they've announced the code names and brief descriptions for five new games, including three new Witcher games, a new cyberpunk game, and a brand new IP. So uh, here we go. There We have Project Orion, which is a code name for our next cyberpunk game. We can effectively call that Cyberpunk 2, or I guess 2078, if you want to get cute. 
which will take cyber, the cyberpunk franchise further and continue harnessing the potential of this dark future universe. Again, their words, not mine. Uh, Orion will be developed by a brand new CD Projekt studio set up in the U.S., so not CD Projekt Red themselves, not the team that built the first game, at least. CD Projekt Red confirmed that uh, it's at least... Oh, excuse me, that's actually that's the wrong thing. Three years away is the Witcher game. I had my note incorrect there. So, but now let's talk about the Witcher game. Codenamed Polaris. So we'll move to that. That is a codename for the next installment in the Witcher series of games, which they had recently announced was in pre-production. It is the beginning of a new saga. We aim to release two more Witcher games after Polaris, creating a new AAA RPG trilogy. The trilogy is intended to be released in, quote, a six-year period. I don't believe you, but that's okay. We just know, we know they're coming. And then they did confirm in a follow-up that the first of those is at least three years away. So right there, there's your 10, there's 10 years minimum. Three years from now, and then even if they were to hit that six... <laughs> that's nine years call it 10 with a with the inevitable uh, grace period of of delays and what have you but uh so a w new witcher trilogy from cd project red themselves in poland then we have the project co-named canis majoris which is a full-fledged witcher game separate to the new witcher saga starting with Pol that starts with polaris it will be developed by an external studio headed by experienced developers who've worked on past Witcher games. It's not currently clear which developers working on this project. Quote, this is the first such project being developed, uh, first product being developed outside of the group. However, this does not imply that its quality will lag behind our in-house productions. From the technical standpoint, it will be based on Unreal Engine 5, along with the tool set created for Polaris. Expect additional announcements soon. Then we have... Project Sirius, a codename for the game developed by the Molasses Flood, who they acquired uh, not too long ago. And it's set in the Witcher universe, created with support from CD Projekt Red. It will differ from our past productions, offering multiplayer gameplay on top of a single-player experience, including a campaign with quests and a story. And then finally... I, your son is eager to get in on this conversation. <laughs> oh, you can hear him. Uh. Oh, yeah. We have Project, uh, I don't know if it's Hadar or Hadar. I'm going to go with Hadar. A code name for a third entirely distinct IP created from scratch within CD Projekt Red. The project is in the earliest stages of the creative process, which means we are not developing any game yet, but working ex exclusively on the foundation for this new setting. We started toying with the idea several years ago. Early stage conceptual work commenced last year, and for the first time in CD Projekt's Red, CD Projekt Red's history, the IP is being incubated entirely within CD Projekt Red. It is important to understand that right now we are still working on basic concepts and laying the groundwork for this new franchise. Well, let me get uh, immediate reactions first. I'll start with our guest. MC Fixer, your thoughts on this very thorough, very uh, detailed roadmap here? It's wild, right? This is this is something we just don't see from game studios ever. We never see. We see it some obviously Marvel do with their films, and we know what's coming. We know what's coming, but with games, we never see it. 
and I'm sort of on the fence on whether I like it or not. I love a good surprise, mate, personally. And obviously, we know nothing about the games. We know nothing about gameplay. We know nothing about settings. We know nothing. But just the sheer fact that we know something, does that take the excitement away a little bit? I don't think so. If you're if you're a huge fan of these games, ultimately, you're going to be excited no matter what, right? Yeah. And knowing they are coming in some time frame is a great thing. Me, I'm excited uh cyberpunk didn't do it for me due to just the way it launched unfortunately it never got me back in the witcher i loved the witcher 3 but it was so big that i had to play it in like played it for like a few months then i stopped then i went back because you know what it's like you see those question marks everywhere you've got to go and see what what's going on and the side quests for that game for me were were magical to be honest with you um i'm excited i can't wait to see what we get i just hope that obviously it launch, all of these games that have been announced are launched in a better shape than what we've seen previously with Cyberpunk because I don't want to buy a game and have to wait months on months on months on months for it to get into a shape where I can finally play it. I want to be able to play the game when it's launched, when I've put my money down, I'm sure others do too. Well, I, you know, game development is extremely difficult. We don't, we, we don't know the half of it because we're not developers, but we, we do know some of it just from, you know, spending time with game developers, talking to them, covering this industry. I would be stunned if there is a, anything close to a repeat of what happened with Cyberpunk's launch. Yeah. This, is, this is a company that I think that, that, in fact, may be part of the reason they did this is to just lay it all out. And then if they have to delay stuff, they're, you know, they've, they've said, all right, well, you know what's coming, and it's just gonna, it'll be ready when it's ready. Um, but there's there's plenty more to dig into here. Miranda, your immediate re reactions to this. Cyberpunk! So I was one of the people <laughs> who was lucky to enjoy Cyberpunk at launch. Um, on a PC, I'm sure. I played on yeah. PC, yeah. I had a fantastic time. I love that game so much, and I'm glad that they're continuing with that universe just because I, I love the aesthetic of it. I love the world of it. And there's so much more that I think they can do with the next version, I think especially to build on what they've already have in this really great foundation. Um, MC Fixer F, as you said, it, they have notes, you know, from the, from 2077's yeah. launch. So it's just, so I think they will take that and, of course, build on it. Uh, I have a lot of hope for them, sort of, with how things end in Cyberpunk, that they'll just sort of take this and then go somewhere else, like within the city or expand somewhere else. Like I think there's a lot of potential here for what they could do if they even just want to leave Night City. But I like Night City. That's a great question. I hadn't even thought about. Yeah. Yet. I mean, do they what stay. You know, Grand Theft Auto goes yeah. city to city. Uh, Assassin's Creed goes place to place. I mean, would would you be disappointed if it was Night City again? I mean, I, I think the reasonable expectation is that it will it would be a new city. I feel like that's reasonable, yes. But I would not be disappointed if they made it substantially different in spots similar to how we're dealing with tears of the kingdom and breath of the wild right so legend yeah. of zelda so very obviously not xbox game but um that one is taking the setting of breath of the wild and changing it and we don't know what that looks like yet but i'm curious to see how they execute that and that's something they can do with night city like night city has a, a lot going on that's true and so there's a lot yeah. of ways that they could shake things up in that city and expand on it or demolish half of it and then rebuild over it like there's a lot they could mm -hmm. do in there as a playground and i'm also curious to see how they do the dlc because i think that could maybe hint at potential for what we could do in the future so i have a lot of thoughts on what they or where i would like to see it go 
but as of now, I'm just curious to see what they want to do with it. Destin, in, in 2020, the pen and paper game, there are other cities mentioned, yes. which include Night City, of course, Tokyo, Hong Kong, Chicago, Seattle, Singapore, Osaka, and I don't know how to say it, Seoul? Seoul? Seoul. Seoul. Yeah, there's, okay, a lot of, yeah. there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of options, basically. But, yeah, yeah, so if they were to explore other locations, there's already lore built in to go to those places. I remember when I was reading about the 2020 stuff, like forever ago, uh, there are places that were like nuked, basically, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, off the face of the earth. So there's a lot of interesting stuff that they, they could explore if but they decide to go that route. There's a little bit of a similarity lore-wise. I guess I'm just, it's like the thinnest of, in the sense of there are... A, uh, multiple cities established in the lore at, at, in cyberpunk as there are in fallout yeah you know when when exactly. uh, bethesda took ownership of the of the fallout ip you know you had a lot of different cities which you know each fallout game has now gone to you know these last couple of fallout games have gone diff to different places uh i mean i i can remember uh, i believe it was saints row Saints Row 4 stayed in Stillwater after Saints Row 3. Maybe it was, I think it was 3 and 4, not 2 and 3. I'm, you're correct, I believe. Okay, thank I'm, you. I'm, I, yeah, I think you're My right. memory is failing me a little bit on that now because I didn't like 4 as well, so I didn't play too much of it. But um, I, yeah, I I think it's, yeah, you're right. It's Miranda, it's, it's either it's got to be a new city or maybe it's like new night city set with some time jump after half the city is destroyed and rebuilt. My first assumption was that they were going to do a time jump and still have like oh. evolutions of the tech that we have now, yeah. but in a really cool new way. But who, who That'd could be say? Cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh, hot, hot take. I'm with Miranda. Cyberpunk was always good on PC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I, on I, I PC. Put about, I put about 10, 15 hours in on PC. And I, now I want to go back now that the game's like polished up and done. <laughs> we, that, uh, we got, we got, we got such a hard time for the score that we gave the PC version of the game. Yeah, we but, gave it a nine. It was because it was yeah. it was a nine Fantastic. on PC. That's what yeah. all of us played. But there was the whole controversy about how they never gave us console codes, right? And we could have warned well, people about that. And we did. Give I it did. Four. I reviewed the console yeah, what, version. What'd you and give I gave it? it a four. A four. A four. Yeah. Four. And I said, don't play it. <laughs> yeah, it's actually you know, one because of the, it was a disaster. It's one of the rare times, actually, that a that a multi-platform game has been markedly different enough on console to warrant a, a not just yeah. a separate a different score but a, a radically different score mm -hmm. um i remember just cause three dan stapleton he had to like it that one did not perf it was such a weak per uh, performer frame rate wise uh, and technically speaking on on the console that it it got a different score on on PC, so that's or on a console rather than on the higher score on PC. So yeah, it, it does happen from time to time. Mm -hmm. I should have given it a three in hindsight. It's really bad. Well, on <laughs> it's, now it's uh, different. Now it's uh, yeah. for certain there, There's one thing you didn't mention. Did you mention that the that Marson actually stepped on the co-founder and joint CEO? He released that statement yesterday. Uh, which one? Go ahead. Uh, yeah. It. So the co-founder, he said, "Today I have some news." Uh, that's both important to me and the company. I am beginning a brand new personal chapter at CD Projekt, and I will submit my candidacy for the role of chairman oh, of yeah. the supervisory board, leaving behind my joint CEO role. Now, uh, Marcin was the person that went on camera and actually talked about Cyberpunk after the disastrous launch. So he has stepped down, and I, I think well, he's this... trying to step up. 
He's well, trying to step, step up. up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I did see that, Destin, and, and I, honestly, I just made the editorial decision that our audience probably wouldn't care about. To me, sorry, Ryan, to no, me, no, what that says, okay. though, is there's some dramatic internal restructuring because other people left in 2021. A lot of people who were involved with Cyberpunk have left or whatever happened, you know? And um, then this comes out right after the buzz, the buzz of edge runners is like taking off yeah uh, cyberpunks like has a huge increase on steam player concurrence and yeah it i think it's signifying a reset point for the company cd cd project red has always made excellent games until cyberpunk they had this big controversy with cyberpunk and now i feel like they're finally getting it together in the way that they should have for that game's release. Well, I mean, you could, uh, I don't know Marcin at all, I'm going to preface this, but you could, you could certainly take a really cynical view of this and say, well, he's failing upwards. <laughs> but, you know, it's, I think at the end of the day, it doesn't, whoever, whoever the, the buck stops with, whether it's him or whether it's a new CEO, if he ends up transitioning to a different role, it's nobody in that company is, like they learned their lesson the hardest of ways. Nobody is gonna is gonna be dumb enough to make that same mistake. I would go as far to say like I don't blame the majority of the company. The people who are in the trenches doing testing, the people who are like, screaming not to release right. the game, you know? Like this was a a, a high level person, we don't know who. Uh, who made the call to push it out in the state that it was right. in, even I mean, with the warnings? Yeah, you know? it's it's it should never have been released on uh, the old gen consoles, or again, or it they should, said, yeah, they should have shipped the PC version first and held the console version. Yeah, they're obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but as you noted, Destin, there there have since been reports that they were warned internally. And oh, how were they not? <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like oh, yeah. of course. But the good what news. He said, I Sorry, I got to complain one yeah, more go thing. Ahead. Yeah. Marson went on camera and said, we did not see the issues that yeah. players are experiencing. Okay. I'm like, I played for five minutes <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the issues. So you're not playing your own game or you're well, lying. So let's... That was my take. The, ultimately, just, let me, sorry, right? Let go, me please. just I really so Ultimately, I think for me, it's a case of show me. Like you, we we're all sitting here, right? We're saying they've learned their lessons. Cool. Show me you've learned your lessons. I have no problem in you've made yeah. great games for everything that I've played so far. Even this game we've we've discussed. It's a good game. It's a great game. Now nah, it was launched in a bad state. Show me. Give us the faith again in the company. Give us the faith again in the games. And yeah, I 100% agree with you, Ryan. I don't know how to make games. I'm a dumb dumb that talks about games on the internet, right? Like, I don't know how hard this is. And I, and I don't fault anybody for the state in which it came out in, apart from the people who could have stopped it. You know what happened there. And here we go. Just show me. That's all I want from you guys. Show me that you can do better. Show me that console players matter. Show me that I'm buying the version of the game that isn't lesser than PC. I have a console that is so powerful sitting right next to me. Show me. It yeah. is nauseating looking at the Xbox One footage from her launch that, that we are watching on the video. Yeah, that we're watching on the video version. So for the show me aspect of it, yeah. there's a good chance that we can see how that they sort of have followed up on that with Phantom Liberty. So that's the DLC that's, that's coming yeah. out eventually sometime. Next year, I believe. 
I think they said that, that's 2023. That's what they said 2023, yeah. but so we'll I'm always just that. like, sometime eventually. You never know. <laughs> I, I, release dates these days, guys. Am I right? I don't know about mm, those. You are <laughs> right. No, it's, am I right? Yes, you're right. Yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah, Gigi Charles this year? Yeah, we'll see about that. Um, there's a lot of things where I just, you know, you, you really can't tell. But I think MC Fixers are saying that that is that's the opportunity for them to exactly show you that they have seen that Absolutely. and that they are going to launch these in stable states. And I think that's, they have can, to. Can we not show this anymore? It's this really is like bad. making me ill watching <laughs> it's really this. Bad. It's so bad. Um, so if I you guys forgot. are listening, we're watching oh, thank the, you. <laughs> the bad footage yeah. from the console versions um, and it's not. So yeah. to, to bring this to Orion, uh, Cyberpunk 2078 or whatever it's going to be, uh, it's this is going to be so destined to in in yeah. in, uh, in fairness to you bringing up the Marcine role and CEO versus chairman whatever you know moving kind of out of that CEO spot this to again remind everybody this Orion project Cyberpunk 2 is going to be developed by an external team here in the US and therefore Destin your point about that person that's making the ultimate call on whether or not a game needs to ship or have more time is really going to matter because the, the, the team, whatever team out here in the U.S. that, that is going to do this, they're going to get to a point in their project where their deadline, their internal deadline comes up and they're either going to say, we think we're ready. Uh, and then that, that CEO uh, over in Poland is going to say, all right, let's ship it. Or they're going to, that U.S. team is going to come in and say, we need some more time. And whoever that CEO is, is going to have to say either, well, the two choices will be no, sorry, we're shipping it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yes, let's, let's give you some more time. So, um, so well, it, 10 it, it random will people from, Well, 10 random people from your QA team have a group call with them and ask if, how they're feeling about the launch, you know? Like, obviously, there's always going to be bugs, but QA is, like, the most important in terms of... More QA. Yeah. More QA. Simple. (laughs) So, before we transition to the next thing... Yes, I have to ask you all, what do you think about the constellation names for each of these projects? Because I was like, oh, Orion, because like there's some space elements to Cyberpunk. And I was like, is it just about that? Are they going to do some more space stuff with Cyberpunk? And I was like, oh, wait, no, Polaris, Canis Majoris, Sirius, Hadar. Like, those are all constellations. It's just, yeah, it's just a fun you think it's just code, series of code names. Maybe somebody... You don't think maybe the, it's... Is, is an astronomy buff. Okay. Maybe that new game. That's what I was thinking. Space. Yeah. I it's mean, a Starfield competitor or a Mass Effect <laughs> competitor. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to just want to see what you guys thought. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 certainly always code names are interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Because I mean, Xbox was a code name, and then it stuck. Um, with like Windows, historically, mm-hmm. uh, Microsoft Windows code names have always been U.S. cities. So I think Windows ninety eight was Memphis ninety four. I don't. This is a real test of memory, but. Uh, give me credit. I, I think I think I got Memphis right, but it was always yeah. So SpaceX, it was always cities. Um, aspect Natal when Brazil was of course Connect code name. Like Microsoft likes to do cities, um, so I guess maybe CD Projekt Red likes to do constellations. So well, these are pointed too. So it's technically Canis Major, which is the constellation for the alternate the 
other cyberpunk or the, excuse me the other the new, witcher game yeah the, the, which is, the new trilogy yeah which is like no that's not the new trilogy it's gonna be oh excuse me i'm the sorry separate thank you full yes. tone that's yes. from another studio that's the the constellation is a greater dog basically and so it's just i don't i feel like there could be some meaning in these names just like a little bit bookmark you, that i'm gonna look well, yeah. yeah we'll uh we'll file Flip that it. away um all right so now let's talk about the witcher as we're we're just neck deep in this conversation, we got plenty of time. So w there's a lot of Witcher activity in addition to the Netflix ser series, which, right? I think that was I think we were having that conversation off air. Mm -hmm. Was uh, if our memory serves correctly, that series is scheduled to run for seven seasons, which at this point we have to assume that Netflix is going to follow through on all seven of those seasons because the first two seasons have been huge viewership for them yeah it's one of the biggest shows on the on the network so uh that and and that means you know we're looking at minimum of four years until uh, four years remaining uh in that netflix show possibly more you know that's assuming that they film every year and release a season once a year but i think they didn't we didn't get a no. season two was last year right it was for the witcher this? i thought it was this year was it the beginning of this year and time is just a hollow I circle? I think so, because I remember watching <laughs> Flat circle. the first season in 2019 while I was moving, because I was packing. That's how I watched it. It was December. I remember yeah. that. It came out the very end of the year. Yep. What's your season? Uh, let's see. Season two. It was December 2021. So, okay, no, I, so was, I was correct. We, right, we have yeah. not had a, and we are not getting season three until next summer. So, in any case, that all that is to say is... Why would they do it in summer suddenly? Why not more December? Well, uh, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, summer, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, as long as we have, we have cool, <laughs> yeah. like, there's so much cool stuff on television right now. Oh, for sure. In addition to all the cool games we're about to get. Uh, it's, it's a spoiled time. But, meaning, uh, so The Witcher will continue to be at the forefront of pop culture through the very popular Netflix show for at least, uh, at least until through 2026, at least, if not further than that, um, we'll see how many breaks they end up taking at, uh, between seasons. So you got the you got the Witcher that's gonna stay in the in the public consciousness. So we're, we now are looking at a new Witcher trilogy that's internally developed. We have uh, so that's Canis Majoris. Then we have Polaris, which is uh, that's in pre-production now. No, excuse me. Polaris is the is the uh, is the trilogy. I don't know why I keep getting these wrong. I'm sorry. Um, Canis Majoris is the separate Witcher game it, from an external studio of experienced developers who've worked on past Witcher games. And then and that's going to be an Unreal Engine 5 project. And then we have uh, Sirius. That's from the Molasses Flood, which will be a single player and multiplayer Witcher project. So that is a lot of Witcher games. That is five Witcher games. Uh, in the coming, what will almost certainly amount to, again, 10 plus years. Destin, let me go to you first. Uh, is is oh, is this much I Witcher, too much Witcher? You don't care. <laughs> All right, I'll go to... Uh, well, he, Destin's just punting, which is fine. I, I, I'm not into the Witcher franchise that much. Uh, I, I prefer, like, Cyberpunk, Fallout, you know, yeah. Well, All let right. me... You punt. I'll catch. It's no problem. I'll catch. You punt it. I've got this. All right. I'm going to run. Run. Look, for me, the the thing that gets me most excited, I'm with you, Destin. 
Uh, Witcher 3 was my first Witcher, and I really enjoyed it. But what I think I'm excited about about this new um, collection of free games is being able to get on there on the ground floor level. The Witcher 3, the, the worst part about the Witcher series for me was not being able to play 1 and 2. Those were old games. Um, I never, I didn't have a PC back then. I didn't get to enjoy those games. I know 2 came to 360, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and the fact that I'm going to be, be able to enjoy a new Witcher uh, trilogy from the ground floor gets me super excited because I love The Witcher 3 uh, once I beat it. All right, Miranda, we were talking off air. I was making the point that, or at least the, the guess, that this new saga uh, is, is probably going to keep it, I think, keep it close in the, in the cast of characters that we already know because the Netflix series, everybody knows those characters on the show thinking, well, maybe, maybe the next Witcher trilogy, that, that uh, Polaris saga, is a Yennefer series. That would be so cool. Spellcasting, you know, a little different form of combat. Shake up the leads a bit. I mean, are you are you with me? Are you on board with yes, that? Immediately, <laughs> yes. I think that'd be really that'd be more interesting for me because uh, my quiet complaint is that I don't like Geralt as a protagonist. He's just he's just fine for me, and, and I, he he's more likable in the TV show, maybe because of Henry Cavill specifically yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe definitely yeah it just helps a little bit um so that's kind of what always have kept me away from witcher and so having yennefer be a lead would be really neat because but... i i just don't see this trilogy starring some totally new character while there's a hugely popular witcher oh, show yeah. on netflix yeah I... it just doesn't that those two things do not Commute, compute for me. That or Siri. Like, I think there's just, there's just a lot of options for them to shake up the leads, but there's also a good chance that they just keep Geralt, you know? Why not? Definitely possible. They not said that Geralt's story's done, though. Did they? Um, I don't I've, follow I, I could be incorrect. Hey, I, I, hey, you know what I mean? The internet will come for me. I don't know if they've said that totally, but... <laughs> Someone will help us. I, Siri, Siri, to me, makes a little bit more sense that, like, how The Witcher yeah. 3 uh, went yeah. and sort of, from a game perspective, more than... Uh, Yennefer, but either or I'd absolutely yeah. love and I'd love to hear their stories and play their stories and, and really get get to dive in deeper. TV shows, obviously, we get a surface level. Gaming, for me, is the medium that, in which we all love, right? To get to live through these characters and play out their stories would be amazing I for mean, either of those characters. Even you're talking, just... if, we have, if we have a seven-season Netflix show, I think, is it eight episodes? Per season Something with that, like that yeah. that's 56 yeah. hours of The Witcher, which is like <laughs> one third of one Witcher video game. So that's mm -hmm. to your to your exact point. I have, I have heard this. that series like kind of the popular name whenever they're like, all right, Siri, yeah. Siri trilogy, let's go. I'm like, that sounds cool to me. But I, I can see uh, one of the two other these other these two kind of supposed one off Witcher projects either. Sirius, which is the Molasses Flood single and multiplayer game, uh, or Canis Majoris, I could see those being some other Bigger character that's not that's not on that's not like one of the main leads on the show. So, one hundred percent. Do you guys know the Molasses Flood or much about them? Uh, didn't 
remind me i don't want to yes. guess and sound so like an idiot they did a game called flame in the flood i was gonna say yeah. that i was like but i don't trust my brain yeah Thank you. that was i think 2015 <laughs> or 2016 and i remember seeing at e3 because it like really caught my eye it was like one of my first e3 and she's like whoa this looks great i did xbox game pretty cute cool thing and they've done two games so far both of which are survival games uh flame in the flood i believe was solo and then their second one uh, was a called Drake Hollow, and that is multiplayer. So they're very into survival games. So it would make sense to me that this game that they're going to make is potentially a survival game, and that's probably where some of the single player or multiplayer elements, if it's like a, a solo survival Witcher game, which where you can maybe make custom characters or something, and that seems really appealing to me, honestly. We so. gave uh, the Flame and the Flood a seven point three. Mm-hmm. and said the flame and the it flood is. is a beautiful procedurally generated survival sim that gains a welcome sense of momentum from the need to stay on the move it's unwieldy menus and tendency to crash ruins some of the fun unfortunately but not enough to diminish the strength of the hopeful riverbound journey journey at its core so yeah you know, solid review uh and then i don't remember off the top of my head what we what we gave drake hollow i'll drake take a look Hall, i don't know if we reviewed that one but it was somewhat recent so Good to see that there's games we can look to for... We did not review it. Yeah, for this company. We can kind of see their backlog a little bit. Metacritic 75. Okay, so. yeah. Pretty, pretty solid. You know, solid. Yeah, and they're going to get um, support from CG Project as well. So I'm definitely curious to see where they go with this. Obviously, their style, like art style is a lot different. And honestly, I think that could be good for this Witcher yeah. game to be aesthetically different as well so even though it is set in that universe in that space it denotes like hey this is not the main line like this is very obviously separate and we've seen a lot of different companies do this with other games too and i think it works out really well for them so i'm looking now, forward to whatever they have i think of the games that's actually the one that i'm most interested in aside from cyberpunk but yeah 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 that's fair and now uh so we have canis majoris unreal engine 5 External studio headed by experienced developers who've worked on past Witcher games. I am scratching my head trying to figure out who that is. I'm just going to wait till they tell me. <laughs> uh, so that that's interesting. And then, uh, again, I mean, it's just like with with Orion, with the next the next big cyberpunk, cyberpunk game, my goodness. Uh, a new CD Projekt Red studio set up in the U.S. So they can hire from, they'll be able to hire from all kinds of RPG uh, expert studios from around the world. I mean, they could grab, they could try to, depending where, especially depending where in the U.S. they set it up and whether they fully support remote work, you could be pulling from literally anywhere mm-hmm. for that studio potentially to come and to come and work on a on a you know AAA cyberpunk game. You could hire from. Obsidian. You could hire from Inexile. You could grab folks from Bethesda. You could grab. Uh, I mean, there's just there's no shortage of of talent that you could assemble to to set up a new CD Projekt Studio in the U.S. to build a new cyberpunk game. So, um, and then yeah, Canis Majoris with some established group that's worked on Witcher games before uh, will be very very interesting. Now let's bring Destin back into the conversation for Hadar. Yeah. This new, totally new IP, because uh, of course The Witcher was not a, that was a thing, that was a book. It was and still is a book before CD Projekt Red uh, got a hold of it. And Cyberpunk was very much a thing before 
CD Projekt Red got a got their video game meat hooks into it as well. So, Destin, um, what you know, the the it's an open book on what Hadar could be. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I hope it's space related because I like space stuff. But I mean, beyond that, uh, I'm not really sure where they're going to go with this one. Uh, we started toying with the idea several years ago. Early stage conceptual work commenced in 2021. And for the first time in our history, the IP is being incubated entirely within CD Projekt Red. So this is very important to them to get right, to launch properly. But they could literally go any direction with this. I hope space. I hope they go to so space. You're hoping space. So, because, yeah, they've got, you've got fantasy. You've got... Mm -hmm a science fiction uh in terms of cyberpunk you're thinking sure. you know space sci-fi different different flavor of sci-fi fixer yeah. how about you your thoughts on what you might just thematically where you might want to see cd project red go with hadar i'd love horror personally it's my favorite yeah. genre a horror if, if, rpg we've got space we've got space we've got uh, we've got uh we've got obviously witcher fantasy a horror RPG game. We haven't. I, I don't. Maybe I'm misremembering something. I'm a big Resident Evil fan, but I can't think of something on that scale. And it's hard. Horror is a hard genre to do, right? And keeping things tight is what makes horror scary. But again, the worlds that these these teams build are amazing. So if I could get a horror game, I'd be through the roof. I'd be sprinting around. <laughs> now granted i i'm assuming it's a role-playing game which is you know we know yeah. we know what assuming does <laughs> however this is a studio that's never built anything but rpgs now it's not to automatically pigeonhole them but that's also what their in-house talent is good at and wants to do so we don't know for sure whether this is a role-playing game i'm going to assume it is until i'm told it's not Miranda, you're you're smirky. You've got you've got thoughts on what you want to see so, out of this. So, Fixer kind of read my mind in horror, but specifically, I want gothic vampire horror because I think Ooh. that would be a really. Th there's a lot of mechanics there that you could play with, and how you set up your vampire games. And I know there's a lot of vampire stuff happening right now, but CD Projekt Red specifically vampire. I know they have that fantastical element in Witcher already, so we kind of have some ideas of how they do their magic systems and stuff. And I think. That would be really cool, though I do also agree with Dustin on, like, space-specific sci-fi. Though, if anything, I wouldn't want, like, a focus on vehicle stuff in space, I would, or, like, ships and such. I would actually prefer probably, like, set on, like, a different planet and yeah. sci-fi yeah. in that way, where they're just, like, really experimenting with creature and character designs and um, just, like, building their own world, essentially, in that it would be its own like ecosystem cultures all that kind of thing as well. i'm gonna i'm gonna float one thing out and this is this is for andrew goldfarb this is for him because again sci-fi we've got that we've got some fantasy how about a modern day earthbound style set role-playing game Ooh. as this as this totally new project I like it. where you could maybe work in some comedy i mean I, I know a lot of people are immediately you're, you're thinking of yakuza which Certainly, but maybe you know, maybe it's like a you know an American yakuza, a U.S. or or Western, or European, you know, or you, exactly probably yeah. yeah. So that could be fun too, uh, just to get you know just a totally different thematic flavor. Um, the one final point I wanted to make on this before we move to trivia and, and get on our way here 
is I was racking my brain trying to think of, are there any other studios in the entire video game industry where we have anything like this? Fixer, you were saying at the top, this is, we've never seen this before. And you're right. We've never seen it this transparently, this openly. But there is one studio that comes to mind, and it's a favorite of Xbox fans, where we do know the next 10 years of what they're doing. <laughs> and it's Bethesda Game Studios. It's yeah. Todd Howard. Yeah. We know we've got Star yeah. Starfield next year. They're already in pre-production and will move into full production on the Elder Scrolls Six. And then uh, right when I was sitting at this desk talking remotely to, to Todd Howard, he just casually dropped back uh, after the showcase. Like He confirmed what we all suspected, and that is that Fallout 5 will follow after the Elder Scrolls 6. So you're talking about, you know, 2023 Starfield, minimum of four years to get Elder Scrolls out the door at that point. Again, this is my own professional guesstimate, uh, or at least semi-professional. And then another four years after that uh, to get Fallout 5 done. So you, you, that's a 10-year roadmap. We know the next 10 years of Bethesda Game Studios as well. So I thought... I've... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, no. I was, I was going to say, the only thing I was going to say is Assassin's Creed, technically. Yeah, that's true. The new th oh, we think yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Apologies. I don't mean no, to no, take no. It. no, please, yeah. There's Because that one is a recent announcement that did have like, hey, we're doing all these different projects. I know Ninja Theory, I thought they had announced something in addition to Project Mara. Am I losing it? Because I thought they had other side projects in addition to that. I thought they had like I'll four. Two? You're Was right. I'll no, they're, they're, they did say they have several things going okay. on. But yeah. I'm not sure if they're necess it's necessarily well, it's not know, like 10, 10 years, years worth of stuff. No. But yeah, maybe the next like but, three to five years. Yeah, yeah. So places that still, because it feels like it was a while ago that they announced that though. So maybe it's going to be 10 years. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but I do think that you will sometimes see studios announce like a few things, but it is very rare, though it's seemingly more common suddenly. Yeah, well, I think that's because of, of leaks. Yeah. That's it, everything. Absolutely. Everything leaks. So these publishers now are, are just, you know, you made the excellent comparison fixer to movie studios because they, you know, they know that the second production starts, somebody's going to just like take a potato camera spy shot of the set and then leak it out. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they want to control the message. Especially with that. Assassin's Creed, the most leaked game that I feel like we've well, that's, seen. That's that's kind of why I liked it from from UB this time. I was like, okay, we know this is going to leak at some point. Yeah. Ha ha. How about no? We're going to leak it ourselves. <laughs> We're not going to give you anything. Like I kind of like the the CG trailer thing logo with a even nowadays we're getting so many code names for games where they're like we're not even going to tell you what the name of this game is. We're just going to give you a code name and then eventually you'll find that. My question to you guys is though, do we like it in gaming? Though it's one of those things we don't love leaks, but we all we all we talk about leaks. That's what we do. Do we do we like the fact that this is a thing that is going to happen more? Esten, I see you. I see your face so much. I, I love it. You're so expressive. <laughs> I I actually like it, but I think it sets them up for disappointment when the idea isn't whatever people build up in their heads. Uh, I think Project or Avowed is one that potentially could be very different from what people have been thinking about in the future when we actually see what that game is. Granted, we know it's set in the Pillars universe, mm -hmm. but uh, I get what you're saying. I, for one, love it because you get to kind of like start thinking about the potential 
that is there with an idea like Avowed or uh, Assassin's Creed Red, I believe is the code name, or uh, uh, the other one, Codename Hex. It just looks like it said Codename yeah. Here, and they're like, we need to make it cooler. <laughs> make the R and X. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Blair Witch Assassin's Creed game. But yeah, I think that's the only danger about doing it is people can get their expectations too lofty and then they're disappointed when it's not exactly whatever they've imagined so, in their head. Sort of an antidote on that. Uh, the actual most leaked game I've ever seen in my entire life is Genshin Impact. Everything for that game leaks because they have like beta testing and people leak everything from the beta. The problem is sometimes there'll be references to characters and things and then fan artists get really intense about building up these images of who they're exact as you're saying, Dustin. And then there's like factions of the community that'll get really upset when the art's different because it's like, that's fan mm -hmm. art, guys. It's not, they're not just going to yeah. like, they can't just pay someone for that. Be like, oh yeah, let's just change our entire design that we've been planning for months and months and months. Sure, fine. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I think that's that's the thing, right, Dustin? Is like you can't. It's it's better, I think, for them to get ahead of it, as you're saying, with the message, even if it does obviously have room for them to build up whatever it is in their own mind, than to just let those leaks happen. And I think that build up be maybe more severe based on what the leaks are because leaks aren't obviously yeah. always representative of like the final game. Right. And I think that's one of the problems with um, certain games that do get these big leaks. And as we see there, we, we had, you know, the big thing with GTA, GTA yeah. you know, it's just, I was just about to say, yeah, it's, it's not representative of what it's going to be. They're still trying to work on it. And then people get all hot and bothered about stuff. That's not even done. Like that could change yeah. a million times until now, until it's official. Thank you for the Genshin yeah. impact trailer, by the way. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> What do it you... also sets your expectations at, re at least on the right path or right, right genre. Right. So. I don't envy publishers because it's like, what do you do if you if you know, you know you know your roadmap? Every single studio on the planet has a five to ten year roadmap. But what do you do when if you know Rockstar? They're we all assume we all not even we know they're working on Grand Theft Auto Six. Uh, they officially confirmed they well officially acknowledged the next grand theft auto game earlier this year so they're they're trying to just kind of manage those expectations a little bit and but but let people know yes we're doing this but then they get maliciously hacked and and have you know have i won't necessarily say have their reveal spoiled but certainly to some extent it was Oh, but then what do you do if, uh, if, you know, when Assassin's Creed just leaks every year, like what it's, there's, there's, I feel like there's kind of a more, it's, it's very much, um, what's the way I'm trying to say this? Like, it's like, it's like the community is part, small parts of it, but obviously um, meaningful parts of it are, are like. It's it's almost like an antagonistic force against the publisher because you know they're just it may come from a a genuine place of I'm really excited about this game but maybe then not expressed like I'm gonna hack their servers and leak a bunch of footage maybe not the best way to express it so it's I don't envy publishers trying to manage their message in a way that their developers want and makes sense for them while also satisfying the fan enthusiasm it's just a it's a really weird time right now i think uh i mean look look we're seeing this just overwatch 2 
just this week, uh, it's launched, but a lot of people are upset. Well, there are people that are upset about it for various reasons. And so they, they were D, uh, DDoS attacked. And so, well, okay, well, great. Now, no people that want to play the game can't play the game. So it's just like, I don't know. It's a, it's a strange, it's maybe it's just a no win position for publishers, no matter which, how they handle these projects. I feel, I feel like it comes down to, unfortunately, I'm going to say, it, and this is my opinion, right? A lot of gamers are entitled and they feel like they, they're owed something all of the time, like straight away. I'm entrenched in the GTA community, especially the modded version. I play roleplay and stuff like that, right? And I agree with you. I think there's this, this interesting discussion around, so they confirmed that they were working on the game. So did that in turn mean people went looking for it? Where if they stayed quiet, people wouldn't have went looking for it. Or if they would have come out and given, and I don't think they need to do anything, by the way, they do what they want and they should be able to reveal their game how they want. But if they came out and gave a CG trailer of some sort to give us where the game's taking place, let our imaginations run wild a little bit more, would then people not go looking for more? And I think it's, in one hand, there's, this way and there's one hand that's the other way right i think for me coming if you've announced you're working on something come out with something a trailer a logo not a twitter again this is just me not a twitter thing saying we are working on give the fans something to latch on to so we can people want to we want to break down trailers we want to we want to that's what we do we're nerds this is what we love yeah, we want to talk to, about to our, get into the, this talk about it with our friends right exactly so give us something a little bit more tangible which i think you i think uh, ubisoft have done with assassin's creed hex for instance i'm like oh could it be a walking sim game could it be this could it be that it lets i agree with you destin it lets your imagination run wild but again i'm not out here trying to attack companies or hack companies to find out that information and i feel like it's that hard balance between the two right uh inversely fixer uh teases can go on a little too long like Agreed. Gotham Knights one did where they were like doing owl images for a year and a half oh god I, I've like, forgotten about that do you remember that, that? Oh. yeah it's like that. to show anything yeah yeah oh yeah and it's hard it's hard you can't get it all right can you and again but ultimately I think game developers publishers should be able to show their games the way they want to mm -hmm. and if that means they want to give us a 10-year um life cycle of all the games that they're working on then you do it. If you yeah. want to do a, a Fallout where you announce Fallout and then obviously we know this new Fallout's coming, but announce Fallout and then it comes out on the E3 stage six months later, perfect. Do it the way you want to do it. To, to circle back to your question, Fixer, because uh, we, we heard from Destin on this, I, I, I would also say that I like it better than I don't like it in terms of just yeah. having the, the, the press release announcements, lay, you know, uh, movie studio style just telling you what the upcoming slate of projects is because i mean the destin your point about about expectations running wild uh, perhaps to the detriment of of the game in the end and uh is a very very valid point and maybe it's a little trickier with with new games than with sequels i don't know maybe or maybe it's the opposite i'm not i'd have to think more about it but like cd project red announcing five new witcher games and a new cd a new uh, cyberpunk game like okay like that's i would have assumed they were doing that stuff anyway in the same way that 
when I was talking to Todd Howard, I assumed that you know weird? Fallout 5 was next anyway, and he just went ahead and confirmed it. Yeah. A very quick thing. I completely did not assume they would make another Cyberpunk game. Just didn't uh, think about yeah. it. It's weird. I, I don't know why. I, I didn't think they would make another one either. Yeah. Sometimes, I was surprised. Yeah. Well, it, because is that because they had already announced they were going to revisit The Witcher next? Did you think they were going to kind of alternate and just go back, at least for the foreseeable future? Yeah, I was thinking that this was sort of a one-off for them in a way, and they had so yeah. many issues with it, and they still haven't done the multiplayer and the DLC true. stuff That's all got all wild, and it's just like, you know what, well, let's just put this Gosh, down I for forgot a while. about the multiplayer thing. Oh, yeah. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. I, I won't forget that, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> and that's that's okay. Like, honestly, I don't need it, but if they add it, I'll play it, but you know, it's it's one of those things where I just really didn't think that they were going to keep up with it. So Dustin, I'm glad that you agree, because I thought I was kind of alone in that, but... Nope. No, yeah. I totally agree. I was. I thought it was a one-off. I yeah. didn't know that they would make it like a franchise. I'm glad yeah. they did because I love the that world mm -hmm. and uh, the the stories that can be told there. I mean, we but, we've uh, seen this surprise for sure. Uh, I mean, we, we kind of see this with a lot of bigger prestige tr AAA studios. Like, look at again, I'm Bethesda Game Studios. They, they for for years they went back and forth with Elder Scrolls and Fallout before now adding a third pillar to the stool, uh, Rockstar has evolved into that now where it's Red Dead and GTA and alternating back and forth between those. Now, after GTA 6, could they throw a curveball and say, we're doing a new IP and and thus- Table tennis is coming back. Yeah, it's coming or, back, baby. No. We already know it's coming back. <laughs> or Midnight Club, <laughs> uh, you know, how about Max Payne? Um, and there's there's LA plenty Noir. of places, yeah, they could come back. LA, thank you. I liked LA Noir. I liked that game a lot. Isn't I reviewed Bully it for Oxen. Bully also Rockstar? Bully? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, bring that one up. The, there was a Bully too oh, in development, but Bully. anyway. I'm sorry. But like, you know, so we're seeing a Next lot of Red these. Red Dead Multiplayer, they could do anything. Even, wow. uh, even <laughs> uh, Naughty Dog on the, granted it's an Xbox podcast, but you know, they've Uncharted and The Last of Us have been there. Bioware. Uh, Bioware with Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Absolutely. So we see this. There are a lot of examples of this. Of I think it's it's a it's like really enticing from the business perspective if you can have two cash cows to to just to be constantly feet, you know alternating back and forth to to keep the keep the coffers full. And then creatively, it makes a lot of sense, too, because you're not burning your team out on, well, we're just working on nothing but The Witcher for the next 10 years, and you just get a bunch of people that quit and after, the, after you know, halfway through. So uh, it's, it's not, I'm not at all surprised, I would say, mm -hmm. that I'm not surprised that there's another cyberpunk game in development because I, that once they had invested, they, they've invested so much in this. I mean, granted, the launch was what it was, but... The, they invested so much that I just I, I thought for sure that they this was going to be an, a new like two two franchise thing for them just like those other studios. I'm probably more surprised by this project Hadar the the new yeah. IP like being, now we don't know when that's that is they've already they made it explicitly clear they're not developing it yet. It still only exists on paper someplace, so it's a ways out. But I'm a little surprised that. Uh, that there's they're even going down a, a a third IP route. Although it's great. I mean, hey, you know, I'm all for new stuff, but 
yeah, the, the just the way the industry continues to evolve is is it's always interesting, right, mm -hmm. Fixer? There's there's never you know the way things are done now wasn't the same way things were done ten years ago, and things will be different again in ten years. What well, is crazy, right? Like I know when I started like to get into this industry and what I've been doing is totally different from what I was expecting and. It, it excites me though you know I, I'm, I'm excited for the next 10 years of gaming and then i'm excited after that it's like what are we gonna get i'm just waiting for bigger and better and more fun games and i think this is games evolving i think we always forget games is still quite a young medium right mm -hmm. and they're still they're still learning as a whole of like okay games are leaking all the time how do we then maneuver this and and this is just the evolution of video games growing up a little bit by the way i think um we have on this podcast, we have probably, without realizing it, talked about a couple of next next gen games. Because wow. by the That's time yeah. by the time the yeah. end of this roadmap comes along for CD Projekt Red, we're on the next Xbox. And in fact, yeah. Fallout Five that I also we also mentioned, Fallout Five is probably going to be on the next Xbox. It's not to say there won't be a a Series X version of it, but. <laughs> some of these some of these witcher games maybe and maybe project hadar and probably fallout 5 like the, these are we're talking about next next gen now so that's uh that's how far out we're looking it's pretty crazy dang destin this story, yes. this story's for you this story's for there you is. my friend <laughs> uh you you may may get your wish of for a skill up for a new legacy of kane game <laughs> Uh, and perhaps sometime later in this console generation. So as reported by Eurogamer, uh, Crystal Dynamics has released a, the developer of, of course, Tomb Raider, but also of Legacy of Kane from back in the day. They've released a survey asking fans if they'd like to see a return to the Legacy of Kane franchise. According to Eurogamer, the survey poses several questions that show the Tomb Raider and... Uh, well, they didn't make Deus Ex. Why the hell is that in here? Uh, is at least thinking about a potential return for the beloved Long Dormant series. The survey asks users what consoles they play on, if they've heard of or have played a Legacy of Kane game before, or if they've watched someone play the games on YouTube or Twitch. Speaking quite explicitly, it also asks how fans would feel if a new Legacy of Kane was announced, and if they'd prefer to see a remake, a remaster, a reboot, or sequel, <laughs> and what specific features they'd like the new game to include. Destin, I must go to you first. Um, answer those survey questions here live on the air. Uh, what were they again? I want to. I want to remake. Okay. Yes. Like like last. Why? Not Get, last of us part one. Like well, because the game just needs to be rebuilt from the ground up. Okay. As a matter of fact, I have been trying to find the best version of uh, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, and recently, I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but the only way to play that game in the best quality possible is to emulate it. That's the only way you can do it. Was there not a PC uh, version? There is a PC version, but the support for it uh, keeps getting pulled down oh. because the, the license keeps getting purchased. So right now, I don't believe you can buy the PC version. Mm. I still have it on my GOG account. I have the Dreamcast version, which is like the, the best playable console version. But if you want to play on PC, the mods and everything like just don't exist for these games anymore. So support is it's becoming vaporware. I really, really want Legacy well, of Abandonware Kane. would be the better. Well, okay, Abandonware yeah. would, yeah, because it still exists. Yeah. Um, 
I really, really want them to remake that original game. The storytelling is phenomenal. The voice actors did an amazing job. Um, even some of the gameplay in like Defiance is very, very strong. Um, yeah, I just, I just hope this, I just hope this franchise doesn't just fall to the wayside forever because it's, it's just a series that I think more people should play. Anyway, that was the first question. Remake. Okay. <laughs> uh, features. Yeah. What do you in want? A new game. Better controls. Um, I don't know. That's that's a tough that's one. Right. I mean, it's a good start. More. So interesting yeah. that you're you're going with remake. Yeah. I I mean I I definitely agree. Like, it's too old to remaster it. You'd be. It, no. it just it would still look like a potato. It would look like this. <laughs> um, I think they're going to. I think they're going to slap HD textures on it oh. and just re-release it with some better potato. controls, and like. Uh, well, do a collection or something. You, you are, you're, you're not wrong to suggest that because. Well, I don't the, want that. I know, but, <laughs> but it, yeah, the, the new owner of Crystal Dynamics and also this IP, the Embracer Group. Oh mm -hmm. right. Their MO, you, you know, they own they own a ton of IPs, and their playbook has been, let's make a quick buck on this and try to rekindle interest in the IP. By just putting out a remaster, they did this with Red Faction, uh, and I think I am of the belief I don't. I have no insider information. Defiance. I think that uh, Volition, after the, um, I won't say bomb that Saints Row reboot was, but the it was not well received. I think they're going to go back to Red Faction for their next project, and after they had done the remasters, the the remastered edition, which is one of the most the most awful offenses to the English language in, in quite some time in video games. Um, so yeah, I, I think a remaster is, is definitely their playbook and, and a remake would make a it's, lot of sense. Honestly. And if they did that and it had great controls and I could actually play it on PC again, I, I would buy a collection of all those games in one package on whatever platform you want to play on. Like I could see them doing that for switch playstation xbox and pc and it would sell fans have been trying to do it for years but it, like they get close or like there's just a brand new uh hd remake of soul reaver that a fan created from the ground up but unfortunately the only way that you can play it is exactly what i said you have to emulate the game and that's that's what fans have resorted to because the, it's just been abandoned as you say uh fixer you're a young man just just turned 30 have you even mm. played this? Because it's been it's been gone a long, long time. <laughs> I looked it up before the show, and I was like, "Oh, the original <laughs> was 1996." So I was like, "Hmm, yeah, no, I don't I think I think I got that date right." I was like, "No, this is not a this is not a franchise that I care about." But again, I do care about Resident Evil, and I keen it to that. Right when the Resident Evil Two remake remake got made, the amount of fans that bought into Resident Evil again made my heart melt, and yeah. I'm sure it's the same for Destin. Yeah, here, where it's like, look. I want you to care about the franchise that I care about. And the best way to do that for me is a remake. Yes. Not a remaster. Because and I understand what you guys are saying, and they're probably gonna do a remaster because it's it cheaper. Let's cash it's in. Cheaper. Let's cash in on those fans that care about it so much. If there's enough interest there, then we'll reinvest into this this IP again. But if you can make a and I think Capcom proved it with remake two of Resident Evil, if you can make a remake of a game that is it keeps the life of what that game was, but improve upon it immensely, people will buy it. Yeah. And that's what I would hope they would do with a franchise like this if it's got a core fan base. Uh, the, the way Amy Hennig was able to intertwine these stories 
and come up with this resolution that's, dare I say, beautiful to the entire uh, set of games, it's it's just something that I want more people to experience. I don't want to ruin it in case anybody ends up ever playing Thanks. these games. Um, but it's it's just something I, I would implore anybody to to play if you're into retro games. Like, go get all the all the games on PS1, PS2, or uh, the ones that are on Xbox on Xbox. I wish Don't get I had, them on PC. Yeah, I wish <laughs> I had more time to do stuff like that. Like, there's just a lot of older games that I missed because I was of my age or availability or money or whatever it is. And I just wish I had more time to do those because there's too many games. Yeah, It's a good problem to have. But yeah, no, and, and yeah, I think... I, I, I am reluctantly agreeing with Destin that it'll be a remaster, and it's not. And yeah. It's not. A, it's not because of any issue I have with Destin. It's I say reluctantly because it's just the business reality of it is cheaper to just do a remaster, and these publishers are there to make money. You know, the Embracer Group spent three hundred million dollars to get Crystal Dynamics and all their IPs, and we already know that that there's a a uh, new Tomb Raider, an Unreal Engine 5 Tomb Raider game mm -hmm. in development. And then, uh, in case you've all forgotten, Perfect Dark is also what the other team at Crystal Dynamics is doing. Now, are there more than, yeah. are there more than two teams at Crystal Dynamics? Maybe. I'm, I don't know for sure, but the last I knew years ago, it was... Actually, the last I knew, it was one team. So, I don't know if there might be more staff there that could potentially be working on legacy of Kane, like the early stages of something. But my guess is that this survey is happening now because, uh, because the Tomb Raider team is going to be busy for a long time. They are just at the beginning stages of this unreal engine five project. Whereas the perfect dark team at least is in the middle of it. They're going to fit. They're almost certain to finish before the, the perfect dark the before the un, tomb raider team does so i wonder if this survey is kind of laying the groundwork for making a decision on what the next project is for that perfect dark team uh after yeah. after that project's completed so as as much as i want this game ryan i don't think the demand is there i don't think we ever get a resident evil 2 level remake as as much as i love this series um like it's a hard sell Right. So, I mean, it, I, I, I agree with you, Destin, that a remaster is the most likely course of action if it comes back at all. And then I think if it if it were success, if that remaster were successful enough, I think we'd see a reboot from that point rather than a, yeah. a obviously a remake of the game. They just released a remaster of rather than yeah. just jumping straight into a sequel. So we'll see. I mean, it's good to I mean, it's good to see that they're at least considering this because there, this is a beloved IP. This is, you know, as you you, you mentioned, Amy Hennig. This was uh, really what put her on the map as one of our most prominent and and brilliant uh, story writing minds in in the games industry. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, real quick before we get to trivia, Game Pass for the next couple weeks. Just want to go over that for you. This week we have Chivalry Two. We have Medieval Dynasty coming to next-gen consoles. That's been out on PC, but it's coming to Series X and S. No Xbox One version there. And then uh, on PC, if you haven't already played them on Xbox and you have Game Pass Ultimate, please play The Walking Dead Season 1 and Season 2, both uh, going to Game Pass on PC. Next week, Costume Quest. So perfect, perfect for the season. Please no, play. no notes. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's, it's, <laughs> A plus. It's so good. Also, the 
the cartoon. Have you watched it? I haven't actually. I have to now. You just said you you have so much stuff to play. Like it's, true. it's this month. It's spooky season. It's on Prime. Oh, it's. I watched both seasons with my daughter, and we both loved it. Like she loved it, and yeah. there's a lot of yeah. It's really good. Okay, it's exceptionally good. Noted. If you get a chance. Okay. Uh, and then uh, Evil, Evil with an extra L and an E on the end. It's console and PC. I'm not familiar with that game. Dyson Sphere program on PC on October 13th, and then October be. 14th, Miranda Sanchez's 2022 Game of the Year. Rabbit scorn. Oh no, oh, that's yeah. that's her runner-up game of the year is <laughs> rabbits. My sister made a rabbit's joke yesterday, and I blame all of you. Yeah, I blame all of you. <laughs> Pixar, you too. Sorry, you're getting the blame. I was gonna say, wait a minute, I didn't do anything. Whoa, wait, hold for, on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Here. Just kidding. You're, you're safe. You're safe. <laughs> yes, yeah, scorn. Which again, we talked. I talked about high on life or IGN first game for the month. That's one of the, that's one of the big Xbox exclusives for for this fall season. Uh, scorn is another of those. Hitting October 14th, launching into Game Pass for Series X and S, PC, and Cloud as well. So have fun, y'all. If, if you haven't been able to get an Xbox Series yet and you don't have a, a reasonable gaming PC, if you're just on your Xbox One, there is no Xbox One version of Scorn, but you could play it through the Cloud. And then the week of October 17th, not an Xbox exclusive, but it is uh, launching into Game Pass, and it's a... 60 or 70 dollar game on playstation you have a plague tale requiem which i know destin's yes. and fixer both one. of you guys have been looking forward yes. to that one mm -hmm. can't wait uh okay what's genre we'll of games it. you put this in we had an argument on the on my xbox in may what's genre of games you put this in rat sim <laughs> of course of course <laughs> i don't Same. actually Look, to me <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question right stealth St I, pl I play it very stealthy. You, ha you have to utilize stealth in it. Yeah. But, uh, stealth action, so, I guess. I would say, yeah, it's a, a, okay. a, a kind yeah. of action okay. game. Yeah. yeah. I got in trouble for calling it a stealth game on the podcast, and they were like, it's not a stealth game. And I'm like, I don't play stealth games. I hate stealth games, and I love this game. So to me, I'm like, if you can make a game with a story like this, with yeah don't even let me get going because we ain't got long <laughs> enough. I can't wait. I cannot wait. Well, that reminds like me of uh, Splinter Cell Conviction a little bit, Ryan. I'm not going to go down this road because we're out of time. Uh, well, you know, Fixer, that does. I will just say, you reminded me, you talk about uh, you enjoyed a game in a genre that you don't normally enjoy. Uh, yeah. Just popped into my head. Shout out to the th Xbox Live arcade area of the Xbox 360. South Park, uh, let's go. Wait, damn, what was the name of that game? Let's go, let's go Tower Defense, Defense, right? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the, the, the South Park Tower Defense game. I don't yeah. like Tower Defense games, but really? I played it because it was a South Park game. Loved it. Awesome. Really good. So yeah, every now and again, you know, you you, you might there might be a game uh, that the, in a genre you don't normally play. Lord of the Rings: Battle for Middle Earth two. I'm not normally an RTS yep. guy. I played that on on 360. I love. And I had a great time with it. Beat you, it. You just say Tower Defense game. Like man, I want to play a Tower Defense game. I love them. It's been so long. Where have they been? I don't know. Are they all on phones now? Are they not on there's consoles good, there's anymore? There's a lot of good mobile yeah. ones, though. Anyway, uh, let's do a trivia question before we get out of here. Michael, whose gamertag... Oh, damn it, that's last week's. Is uh, last let week, me see yeah. if I can grab one real quick. Because we do have a guest tell me, here. Tell me the answer. Tell me the answer quick. <laughs> tell me the answer. I think it was uh, Naruto. <laughs> yeah, you should get it now. I just want to be on the board. Please, let me be on the board. Miranda, uh, do you remember? 
Hold on. Yeah. We I guess Bleach and did you get it or did you no, miss it too? I miss it too because it, it Ball, was right? no, no, I did Bleach because I thought because they did a lot of Bleach games in that time, but it was Naruto. Okay, th this one, this isn't bad. I'm going to go with this one. Uh, so this is from Richard Gilbert, who says, oh, Rich from Minnesota. He says, which of these console variations was released only in Japan? This is an interesting one. I don't actually know if I would have gotten this right now that I'm looking at... I could, I could narrow this down, but here we go. Let's see how you guys do. So, which one of these console variations was released only in Japan? A, the translucent green original Xbox. B, the Simpsons edition Xbox 360. C, the Lamborghini edition Xbox One S. D, Dragon Age 2 edition Xbox 360. I'm going to go Fixer's Way first. He's our guest. Oh, no. Only in Japan. Well, I mean, well, I'll, mm. I'll tell you. Okay. I'll give you my line of thinking after you guys all guess. Okay, hit me. No, after everybody I'm guesses. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, I'll go. I'll go. All right. I'm thinking D. The dra Dragon okay, Age. Dragon Age. Dragon Age 2. And, okay. Uh, yeah, so, my, my, all right. my full process. Okay. EA could lose money. EA, EA might have tried something and they'll, they're willing to lose money on it. You know, the console's not saying too well. You know, they're willing to give it a go. Maybe this was a push to make it do well. I don't know. Maybe, okay. maybe. I'm just, I'm spitballing here. All right, Destin, how about you? I think it's C or D. I'm going to guess C because, I don't know, maybe Japan's really into cars. <laughs> Wait, so you're going Lamborghini. Is that what you said, yeah, C? Yes. Okay. But America's really into cars too? I have no idea. Okay. Mm. Uh, that brings us to Miranda Sanchez. B, The Simpsons. Okay. Is so that, my... do you know Miranda? My line of no. thinking here, I don't think I would have gotten this right. And I'll just say uh, that... Is there a big Simpsons thing? In Fixer did get it right. It's Dragon... It's, it's a Dragon okay. Age 2. So nicely done. Nicely done. In fact, that's your second point. You were When you were on earlier this year... <laughs> You're going to beat me at this point as well. I'm coming for the title, baby. I'm so, coming. <laughs> nicely done on that. We're at, uh, Miranda has eight points. Stella and Destin tied with seven. So we've got a great game going this year. My thought process on this... I would not have said Dragon Age 2 because it's a Western RPG. And, like, there would there have yeah. been a, a, a Japan-only console release for a Western RPG? That would not have computed for me, I would, so I would not have said that. The translucent green Xbox, I knew. Actually, we had yeah. some of those at OXM. I knew yeah. those were yeah. those were Europe only as far as consumer release. The debug kits that we used to play games for review on... It, those were translucent oh, green. That's cool. So that, that was uh, if you if you ever saw me hauling a translucent green Xbox, that's what it was. I saw one around the office actually once. Oh, is there still one hanging around? Oh, that's we should yeah. we should preserve that like in in amber, it's like in Jurassic vault. Park. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Simpsons edition. I remember we featured that in OXM once. Mm. That did come out here in the U.S. I thought it, it, that one was I was on the fence for. If like if there was a trick one, it was going to be that one for me, yeah. just because oh, cartoons that one's and things. Ultra wear as well yeah right? so i believe that's like worth a lot of money on ebay still yeah so that's why i kind of assumed it wouldn't have been widely released and then yeah. the, the lamborghini edition xbox one s australia only on that one which mm. okay i don't know what i would have guessed because i would have guessed none of them <laughs> like i'm not sure where i would have gone right so dragon age i was just like that's a weird one to even do yeah anywhere you know? a little bit a little bit especially it was not an exclusive game you know, there yeah. was nothing. Yeah. All right. But so Rich from Minnesota. Nice job on that. That was a good question. Yeah.
And anybody else out there, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you all this. I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel of this, of this uh, inbox folder for good Xbox trivia questions. So send them my way. You have a decent chance of being featured on an upcoming episode. While you do that is email unlocked at IGN.com. Include your question. Include four multiple choice answers. Note the correct one in your email. Don't forget your name. And if you'd like, your gamer tag as well. What game did Todd Howard not leak? <laughs> what? They're not, not spoiled too early. Oh, my goodness. All right. It's time to get out of here. Uh, Fixer, give yourself a plug. Where can we find you on social, on your podcast, etc.? Yeah, uh, you can find me everywhere at MC Fixer. Uh, I stream seven days a week over on twitch.tv slash MC Fixer. If you're into live streams, come on by. I'm making music again, which is Ooh. wild. Uh, again, the name MC Fixer is where that's come from. So I'm making music again. Check Spotify for MC Fixer if you enjoy hip-hop and R&B and stuff like that. And like I said, my Xbox and me podcast, if you want to hear three knuckleheads talk Xbox, very different from this podcast, very unprofessional in terms of just us arguing all of the time. So please come on over. We'd love to have you. We love questions. So yeah, I'd love to love to see you guys over there. Anytime. We, we like to pick our spots with arguing amongst each other, like last week. When Destin dared question my Splinter Cell oh my expertise, things happen. You just oh, I'll dare. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait till I can't wait till this new this Splinter Cell remake gets closer. It's we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. Uh, Destin, go ahead. Twitter at Destin Legary and uh, LegaryBakery.com for cookies. Everything else, IGN.com. Brilliant, Miranda. You can find me at Havoc Rose on Havoc with a K on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. And check out our Cyberpunk guide if you're playing. We got all of the Edge Runners updates in that guide as well. So, excellent. We're here to help. Love that. Uh, I'm on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. IGN First is underway with High on Life. So, don't miss all of our exclusive coverage all month long on that. And I want to thank our super producer, Red, in the back, behind this wall right here, actually. So uh, he's not trapped inside the wall, thankfully. That's, he's, there is another room back there. Uh, so he's okay. Don't worry. We're going to see him here in a minute. For MC Fixer, Miranda, Destin, and Red, I'm Ryan. This was Podcast Unlocked 564. We'll see you next week. Bye.